This episode has been recorded on Treaty 4 and Treaty 6 territory. You know, sometimes you kind of gotta... Carla is a disabled career writer, performer, and interdisciplinary artist living as a guest on the Treaty 4 territory in Regina. They teach workshops for improvisation and creative experimentation and are currently working on their first collection of poetry and a play in unconfined hashtag crypt time. Carla is incredibly knowledgeable and incredibly experienced and we honestly like this is this is a really exciting one to uh, get to get to give you guys. Yeah. Hope you uh, enjoy, enjoy it. it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, she's really awesome. Carla. Carla. Yes. <laughs> oh. Nice to see you. Hell yes. It's been so long. I know. This is freaking incredible. Amazing. Um, so glad you could be on our podcast. So glad to see your face. Well, yeah. Welcome to the Mixed Crips, as Ooh. we've grown to call it. Yes. Kind of so. a great name, I, may I say. It took a second to come up with it, but then we really called it a working title, and then we really sat in it, and we really, like, enjoy it. So Yeah, feeling at work. A hundred percent. That's what you gotta do. You gotta let it sit for a second. Let it, let it simmer. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like every writer. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, <laughs> as a writer yourself, yeah. you are a writer, a poet, an artist, a spoken word poet, and a published art author as I'm well. And a Isn't beautiful human being. Yes. Thank you, folks. Oh, it's just so lovely to see you both. It's been too long. So, You're- Carla, you, um, we've, like, I, I just, I've, throughout my relationship with you, um, learning about you, learning about your story, just being your friend. I've like, there's so many like just percolating, interesting things that I feel like I've picked up over the years and associate in like commonalities with you. And, um, you do identify with invisible disability. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I identify with visible disability, but yet to me, like I've found so much commonality with you through either, you know, um, just, I don't know a better word than discrimination. I'm totally honored, Tash. I really feel like, um, it's lovely to chat with you folks because I don't have to convince you of everything or anything. Like this is one of those things. It took me probably 10 years to like start to convince myself because I know that I don't well, I don't know about you. Tell me what you think, but like I know when I was diagnosed, everything kind of had this look of um at first I thought of it as the disability being the problem. But it did not take very long for me to realize that, yeah, actually, like I feel such common, actual, tangible barriers to someone like you who is in a wheelchair who has entirely different problems than I've ever experienced. And most of it really truly is just social stigmas. But so much of it is actually not that the health condition is what actually causes the problem. That's not what holds me back. Like, 
I know I can have a seizure and I might need a day of sleeping. Yeah, the actual, yeah, totally. (laughs) But the bigger problem tends to be like I can nap and go back to work the next day or take on my next project. Mm -hmm. The bigger problem is when you go somewhere and a person that doesn't know much about it and doesn't feel comfortable discussing things like mental health or doesn't, you know, have that open relationship to kind of learn from other people where they almost feel like they should give you an answer or try to help you solve something. That's where, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's where I feel that a lot of those um, actual barriers, the stuff that makes it like hard and stressful all the Mm -hmm. time is not actually anything to do with my body. It's more the social stigma. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and we were, we were talking too about the idea of, when you go to work, like for you, and it's different for me, because it sounds like you might have like an actual like health event that might happen. Whereas like for me, it's it's uh, learning in an ADHD scenario for me is what I kind of call it. But like where it's like, if somebody wants me to do something a certain way, I might just I might just do it over here even if they want me to do it over here. And then that's a different conversation. Whereas like something with epilepsy, that might be a bit of a different type of conversation because something could possibly like, you know, go actually wrong and not just like you needing to explain yourself. No, it's, it's tricky, but there's wonderful things about it that I feel like I'm really grateful now that I'm actually like learning more about them. And getting a sense of um, less feeling guilty uh, about when people find me hard to work with. Right, yeah. For a number of years, I used to work in a career center facilitating employment for groups of students and stuff, right? And I learned actually so much about how beneficial it can be to in some scenarios not disclose in some scenarios it's actually what i've been finding and i i was surprised to find that it's actually been helpful but it depends on your scenario like statistically when we look at the the canadians today who are starting to go to work as disabled folks and finally getting those chances at uh, great jobs or even people that have been in a workplace for a long period of time. Disabled Canadians on average stay in the exact same job uh, nine times longer than anyone else. And people (laughs) assume that that means maybe that we're not capable of anything else, right? And that's kind of how the discussion was for a long time. Uh But in 20, I think it was 2017, Stats Canada started actually asking a whole other set of information when they would do their surveys, getting a better look at the experience for disabled folks. And that was the shocking thing is such a large number of unemployed disabled people have a degree or two such a large number have um like a large percentage it's not so much whether or not you can do the work it's whether or not you're going to fit into and how willing the company is to adapt to your health needs 
as a career direction, right? Yeah. Like you and I are probably perfect examples for this one, Maria. So we can both walk into a job interview uh, with no one seeing that we have a condition. Right. And yeah. so the immediate assumption, like nobody, nobody will identify with the thoughts of disability. Right. And mm-hmm. so you can kind of have all conversations separate from that. No judgment. I, yeah. No judgment. yeah. And, and I do that. I choose to always have the interview without like just focused on the project. But as soon as a job offer comes in, that is when I disclose before I enter the workplace because I oh, know, okay. yeah, with my he- health, like with my combination, see part of my epilepsy, it's a brain injury actually is what it oh. comes from. So what that's caused is a lot of like, I'm horrible. It's almost like dyslexia. I can't tell what order letters are in sometimes. <laughs> I tell you databases are difficult, but I have found for so many years before our country ever had any policy on keeping companies accountable for at least treating us properly, uh, including the training period. And Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of folks who hope that they can get in and only disclose if they need to may not be aware that more dialogue along the way about your training options could be helpful. Cause I actually think there's probably a lot of people like me who are, you know, in their forties and have no idea they have ADHD. They just 100%. might have a really yeah. hard time understanding that database. Right. Yeah. The other thing too, that I find really interesting um, when I think about it and just right now, as you were talking, is that like, it seems like every like, movement that has happened has to for some reason still go in stages they just follow the same lead so even like thinking about like uh employees rights it's like that the unions teamsters right Right. like it's like that was the key and it did what it needed to do but yet there's that gap that still needs to happen because there's still employees yeah that you know unions were supposed to do all this stuff but there's still that for some reason don't fall into mm. that protection and don't well, fall I have a theory that. on this one too with oh unions. what do you got let's see well it's just I've worked with a lot of unions and I see when a lot of them are doing some fantastic work at yeah. really like researching the problems and the and the difficulties that their members are having when they're in the workplace to work on improving, you know, a plan for how people can be trained if they maybe need more time to do the learning, but then would be just as good at the job, right? The only catch is that it is for a lot of disabled folks, it's actually sometimes very hard to get because you to get into that union because you're not a union member until you're hired by that workplace. Right. Yeah. Well, and three months you're probation, right? To- you're uh, probation totally. Yeah. Exactly. And so sometimes it's things like what I'm finding now, um, just in the in the world of employment stuff. I mean, I'm an artist, but like I get super obsessed with things like how um, employment, access to employment affects our capacity to be able to do our own art, right? Right, yeah. But but um, 
so many companies that have all of the online application process now, I think lots of people are possibly trying to fill out those online applications who have learning disabilities who are not getting that interview. Right. And that's not because they don't have the skills. That's purely because the format of that digital system may be inaccessible to their skill sets right? That's so without true. a training assistant. And so yeah. I think that actually now that so much online, so much job application, the way you get into companies is literally online, that it's placing a whole new barrier for us. And so the right. companies that really actually want to have an inclusive result um, they have to find ways to actively recruit folks and assist them if they're having trouble with those early stages. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm also curious because um, your epilepsy or diagnosis, at least, was acquired, right? Like, you would you say that your disability came later in life? It's funny. So it came. Yeah, that's what is funny is it came to me later in life. Uh, as far as knowledge wise. And, and I didn't know about it until I was much older, but I'd actually had a seizure as a baby once oh, okay. um, from a fever. And then uh, the doctors kind of uh, had me on medication for a little period when I was a child and mm -hmm. they thought it looked fine. I looked like I was doing great. And so I grew up thinking that this feeling that I always had every now and then, and it would jump in on me and I never knew. I thought that's what deja vu meant. And I thought it was an absolutely normal thing. Wow. And I had no idea that I'd had seizures my whole life. I don't know about you, but like, because I have an acquired injury as well, or yeah. not as well. Yeah. I, so I, I know how I used to think as an able-bodied person and I know how I, I was treated you know, in the able-bodied society as an able-bodied person, right? And so what are your experiences with like that difference? Yeah, that was a really hard, I don't know about you, that was a hard transition for me. Oh, um, God, yeah. You know, and it was gradual for me because like it took them about two years to fully figure out that I'd had this acquired brain injury as a child, right? Mm -hmm. So it was just a seizure would happen and I'd go to the hospital and then I'd go home and then I'd try another medication. You know, it was like sort of back and forth mm -hmm. until I could mm -hmm. uh, get into some testing after about two years of waiting. But um, when I found that answer, suddenly I found myself like I'd be walking through the grocery store and I'd see that particular type of mints and I'd remember, oh my God, I remember those were the mints that grandma had in the little tin beside the driver's seat and that she would take out. And I remember a time when I had that feeling when grandma had offered me a mint and I couldn't reach and pick up the mint and oh, I couldn't move oh. because it was one of my small seizures which I forget well they only can estimate what type exactly it was but it would be basically I would hear this like rhythm that would seem a little bit like my heartbeat and uh and it would feel like it was coming out of whatever was around me like this this sense of that repeating rhythm would it would come from your mouth if you were saying something or it'd be from the radio if I had mm. the radio on like and then the feeling would pass and that was what I had grown up calling deja vu 
Was it like a kind of like an underwater? Yes, totally. Like, like it was like, yeah. it's like pressure. It's like I feel suddenly for no reason, I would feel total gut fear. And it would feel like there's this wild amount of strange pressure around me. And then it would be gone and I could talk again. In that moment, I wouldn't like pass out or, you know, have any major, you know, a shake or some of the other responses like people sometimes right. do have with types of seizures. Yeah. Like I was just like, oh, that was weird, but it's gone. And then suddenly when you start to really think about it, you'll know, like that was it for me. The learning later was noticing like, how did it not occur to me that all of those things were weird? <laughs> how did I not know that like... This was not what everyone felt. And so <laughs> going through some of that stuff was was particularly interesting. But it also put me in a spot where suddenly I, that actually, well, mental health is a big part of it for me, right? Mm -hmm. Like I feel like when you learn something that can be very shocking, it's pretty natural thing for a human to um, question why. Yeah. So just... What I'm super curious about is like your relationship with other people yeah, and what it was like, like once you were able to disclose, choose to disclose or choose not to disclose, especially like in the workplace. Like, do you have any experiences? Oh yeah. I've had a few and I will say that every workplace is probably different. And so it's always wise to think it through or to make up your decision, but like, like based on every scenario, it could be different. However, mm -hmm. the if, if if like training is a challenge, I actually really recommend it because just having them prepared to take that extra time in the early stages has always been a really helpful thing for me. The other thing, though, is when I do apply for jobs that are more um, sort of creative which I know is a skill that I have with my sort of odd ADHD um, way of thinking about things, but also... First of all, it is not odd. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I thought we covered that at the beginning. It is a superpower, <laughs> like it. and you're claiming it up and until... I'm, I, I appreciate that. I need those reminders. Okay. I've let's, only been on board since, like, December, so I know like, you're, I'm you're still fresh. learning. <laughs> but I find that I definitely found when I was in a planning role where I was kind of like a department manager and I was coming up with strategies for new ideas. I loved that stuff. However, the day that my workplace found out that I had a disability, they kind of forgot that I was any good at it. <laughs> they kind really? of Yeah, like it really? kind of and and I've seen that now in a few scenarios where um like right now, I, I've I've been in management roles before, and I want I don't think unless I find a workplace that I have an absolute reason to believe that they're going to be truly equitable, I would never take on a management role again because I have found that it is harder for people in management positions to get equitable treatment as an employee than it is for people in um, basic roles. Uh, the the kind of data, really? the processing stuff. Yes, because 
here's the thing. Here's the big difference that I've seen in my experiences so far is so much of how processing roles, like the job that I'm doing right now in order to have a health plan so that I can survive. Yeah. (laughs) Is um, what you have to. Yeah. Which you have to right now. Um, But it's, uh, it's a job that where I'm doing call center kind of work, right? I'm doing just information processing, basic kind of research stuff. But if I'm forcing them to help me get trained in that, then I'm able to hyper-focus and my speed is way more, well, way better than I'd ever imagined it would be. Like my, my skills can apply and adapt to apply to this. And I am, since I'm doing that kind of a role, the way that the company assesses my value is alongside the other 300 workers just like me, who all also are put through sort of where you, they have a calculation system, right? So they For can strengths see and weaknesses yes, or how that, fast yeah. we're producing things, how quickly, how many errors happen, that kind of thing. And yeah. when they are looking at simply the data, I... I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I know that I have a quicker (laughs) speed and I have certain, yeah, I know I'm bragging. I have certain things about it that are just, uh, I do really well with, right? It takes me a while to figure it out. So if I force them to guide me through the training, then I'm good in it. However, I have stepped into different leadership roles a few times now where, um, even, even in, in one of them where the, the workplace had given me like some of the most incredible best regards and reviews for the first three years. And then I had a uh, seizure in the workplace and Mm. everything changed so much purely on what they were scared to ask about. Since, since with management, you don't have that same set of markers and numbers for what success means usually. It's more that you're dealing with people and you're trying to retain your staff and you're doing all of this like more five-year goal kind of work instead of the basic right. like that you can show your Tasks. statistics every yeah. week. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so when they can look at my information without actually noticing that I have a disability, great. But when they see me in the office and they work with me and they start to see that, it's their bias that right. actually brings my career Takes back. Over. It's funny. Um, I mean, I've had so many different times actually in these first 40 some years of my life where I can be doing really well in a job and then the day that the workplace sees that I have a condition for the longest time. That was the only time I ever told anyone, right? I was Mm -hmm. never going to disclose because I thought they would treat me differently. But um, as soon as they saw it, I would never get another internal interview. You know, I would never get another um, opportunity to start a new project, which was always what I loved in management, you know, like coming up with solutions and, and, and it would be the discomfort of that manager who can't get that one thing that they saw out of their mind, which doesn't reflect on my work at all. That's why I really feel like we need art. We need our stories out there because people who've maybe never met a person in a wheelchair 
or never yeah. seen a seizure or, you know, yeah. never tried to understand me when I'm giving a presentation at my office and I'm forgetting words and playing charades with people like they, they don't have that same um, comfort because they sense that there's something different and they don't know then that we will maybe have the same achievable results. But yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is something we do have. And so I want to find ways to get more stories that are human and definitely, definitely without being the stories that are like, what do you call those? Like your, um, poor them. Oh, mm-hmm. look, they got it through something. No, no. Inspiration porn. Thank inspiration. you. That's the term. <laughs> yeah. Right. Inspiration porn. Yeah. Yeah. It? Like moving away from that stuff, because that is definitely, especially not helping. Every time mm. you see an inspiration porn movie or every time a person who's never met a disabled person sees an inspiration porn media, uh, like uh, movie, they have a wrong sense of what the person's life goals are. I have a, I have a question yeah. slash a part. Um, I, I'm definitely one for questions myself. Yeah. Like I'm, and, and so I'm open to questions. Uh, there's also also a tone attached to all of that as well. But like, if my employer actually wants to ask me a valid question about you know my learning disability, my ADHD, whatever it might be, I'm gonna answer them, uh, and I'm not gonna answer the ones I'm not comfortable with because I'm in a position right now where I feel comfortable to say you know it's not yeah. that important. Like move on. It's mm-hmm. so interesting how different the tone can make that. Hey? Well, and like, are you? Is that something that like you guys would be open to to ask to be like questions about like whether or not like so like you know like how often do you need bathroom breaks or something like like because there's certain things that like you know in theory yeah would be well it's one of those it's to me it's one of those complex things that each person will have to decide on their own but I always actually do um I mean I found out the hard way that um uh it was better to share the needs and to share what accommodations need to be met than Mm -hmm. sharing for me, it's been better than sharing the actual title because when I, when I said before, like um, with, with, with another workplace, I'd said, Oh, actually like if, if, if I have a health episode with my condition, I will need to lie down for 20 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. Um, or I may need to go home if I don't feel very well. Um, they're not very often, you know, I have a general sense, you know, giving that kind of information Mm -hmm. without the title has actually made a huge difference because when, um, when I was saying epilepsy, for example, I mean, somebody would always ask me if I smell burnt toast, somebody would always ask me (laughs) if I like it was just like the kid from that movie. You know what I mean? And there's there's yeah. these kinds of assumptions from things that we have seen in the media that will tie along mm-hmm. with it, not mm-hmm. intentionally, but like the and different people will tie different ones, right? So I actually love to talk about and I've learned this from just uh an employer that I'm with now and I cuz I'd never approached it that way. But now that I have, I realize that actually just talking about 
what the need is or like what the accommodation is or what the signs are when I need help with that yeah. has actually been so much more helpful because they just hear, oh, you might need to sit down for a while or you might need to nap. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, you know, take a note of when, so, you know, and they'll see that it's not me doing that every day or something. And then they'll never worry about it again. But the moment that I drop a word like epilepsy in the subject, people are like, oh my God, like, are you sure you should be here? Um, uh, like I had a workplace once tell me that they thought that I should, uh, go on long-term disability because they were concerned that I might fall and bump into a door frame or something. It's like you 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 understand that that means that I you think I'm not safe in any place on the planet in any that room. has a, not, that has a door frame that has that a door has frame, a, like, yeah. has a door frame. <laughs> like, that, you know. And well, it's these and things that if a person hasn't like seen it or lived it, they are yeah. maybe trying to. They might be trying to think in what they perceive as a helpful way, but we have more of a sense of what we need than they ever will. But that's essentially saying you're not eligible to work. Exactly. And that was, that was, who are they to make that assumption? Well, and straight to your face, right? Like, so exactly. So if like we've had these conversations with like physical disability of Mm -hmm. like, of like people saying things to people's faces without like thinking that, that it's emotionally embarrassing or painful Mm -hmm. or like private information that nobody should ask about like yeah yeah those are the kinds of things that they stay with me you know like when somebody asks me somebody asked me once about um if uh if i should go and get my tubes tied because i shouldn't <gasps> bring a sick child into this world and like oh a swift kinds... throat punch will just like wow. take that right out of their sales man i'm sorry <laughs> uh, what and just and just oh, i wish i had nice your one. humor in those days cuz at that time yeah, i had crazy. never met another disabled person wow. and that's what was particularly oh. hard for me and so I, I had no community um, in, in this current workplace that I have where they are also doing a thing where when you get your accommodation things, if you move to a different department or you get move up to a different job, you don't have to go through that process again. Like that mm-hmm. documentation of just what your needs are, not what your condition is is what is passed to the next boss. So That's only nice. the necessary information is there. And I don't have to be the one that does the work each time. Like if mm-hmm. I apply to something else, I'm not going to have to like bring up the energy to both meet a new boss and out myself on the there's, same day. There's uh, at one of my, I have a number of different jobs, but at one of my jobs, there's, I bet you there's like 80% of us that like are, are, identify for sure it's a, it's a it's a thing among oh there's adhd brain right there or, oh like check out this note that i just wrote uh-huh. like that's got a adhd uh-huh. written all, all over it like hey let's listen to this or emails or whatever and so like even even that as a playfulness around it because it actually is quite fun i've like it, it's it's so much fun working with other people for me working with other people that that are so light about it and like actually come across like celebrate it yeah 
Yeah, because even with physical disability, like you're around um, public mm. that, you know, either strangers or like just out in public or around people that aren't that sense of community and don't understand. Like there's, I think there's, even for someone with a physical disability, there's a certain amount that like I may not want to disclose either. Like try to like make, especially like in my, you know, younger disability years when I was still fresher to the injury, you know, not wanting to disclose air quotes, how disabled I am. Right. Like I've got, I've got two arms here, but until you shake my hand, you don't really know that my fingers don't work properly. Right. Mm, And so like, like, you know, just like keeping distance and like, um, just stuff like that, like not wanting to choosing not to disclose so that the less people know, like the less they'll judge kind of thing. And, And so, yeah, until you're, you're in that safe community where you you have people around you that like either have these commonalities or like their own um quirks or disabilities <laughs> that they you know in in totally. turn live with and so like there's just there's just like a, a bit of a mutual understanding and like a comfort and that's like that sense of community yeah um what about tokenizing because, um, like, especially, in, especially, yeah, especially in employment, it's like, is, um, like, especially with grants that are out there and stuff like that, it's like, there's companies that do want to hire you, like, because it'll make them look better, or they have a certain amount of funding that will be allotted if yeah. they hire, you know, someone with a disability. And so, like, would that kind of entice you more to disclose, um, your yeah, disability and or like does it does it does it piss you off yeah it definitely or are you me off you know, you know? I, like this is where that's where I've actually been super lucky that I've worked in employment facilitation I would see the information like I would see a chart that would show how everybody's progress of their career went after they were in there and mm-hmm. um for the people that were brought in um, by sort of a um, bottom position where their goal was to fill with disabled candidates. And it would generally be like a bottom rung position that they would place people in, right? Um, Those people were never moving out of that job. They were never getting the opportunity to move up. And that does not mean Mm -hmm. they do not have the skills to do so. So we have to to start looking at a more, um, like, uh, what I I really want to do is I want to actually, like, find ways to help companies build a mentorship program internally, like, within their employees. We, why would the company's goal not be for each of us to have our most ideal way of working for them. I was going to say too, that's, that's a good point for, for it all. And like Tash, like you moved in pandemic. Mm-hmm. You've, you've obviously have a serious relationship in pandemic that survived. And now you're pregnant. <laughs> I don't know if you got hired over Zoom or yeah. how that whole process went for you. Yeah. Like, you're knocking off some some stuff yourself. Yeah, for sure. Especially I guess with my um job since I since I did move to Edmonton. Um the company has a mission 
to um, create employment for people with disabilities. Wow. And they, so they hire people in their stores, they hire, and it's retail, and um, in, in like, in behind stores, in, you know, right. just kind of every faucet, facet. But they didn't really have um, uh, a lot of disability repre- representation in kind of the more um, management side mm. and more, like, mission side, I guess. Totally. <laughs> but um and so and so then yeah a friend of mine kind of connected me like that they were that the CEO that they were looking for someone um the CEO kind of had like this this you know goal of trying to get someone on on that side of things and um so I mean when they hired me it was like look I cannot and I'm not interested in doing 9 to 5 um I only want to work part time and a lot of it is going to be remote you know, and um, I kind of, and they they are so accommodating That's and amazing. such nice people, and like they're just so great that I'm still just waiting to, <laughs> to <laughs> waiting for a slip up, you know, waiting for something for something to like turn over. But I hear you, I, Tash. It's hard yeah. to not wait, expecting the worst. Yeah, right? exactly. I made it very clear. Like one of my first um, conversations after being hired was. I was educating them about tokenizing and what tokenizing is and what it means and, um, and, and how like even, even not, even just outside of myself, because the mission of the company is to be supporting people with disabilities to find employment and, and like career connections and such that like we as a company continue not tokenize Mm. and such, which, which can be hard when that is like essentially your mission, right? <laughs> um, is to say what you're, you want to yeah, do and then show yeah. that you're doing it because yeah, the mission I mean, needs to grow. I, yeah. I, I, I was, I was totally hired because I have a disability and Amazing. it's great for me to be out in public at our, you know, our drives or at trade shows or anything like that. It's great for me to be in a public eye with a name tag on my shirt that has our company name on it. Right. Yeah. And, um, but like a part of me is also okay with that. So (laughs) it's kind of, it's kind of strange. It's part of me is kind of just like, well, like it's, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, well, it's gotta be good for something, you know? You know, I don't find outing myself a negative thing very often, except for Mm -hmm. like when it's exhausting, you just have to like keep talking to the, you know, people again and again. Yeah. Redundant. Yeah. Redundant. Redundant. But for the most part. I actually like to identify everywhere because I remember what it was like growing up in a small town where I did not know a disabled person and I felt alone, right? Mm, Like like that's all I've thought about for all these years. And that's Mm -hmm. why I want, you know, really to find a way to get plays and get poems and get, you know, all kinds of little stories going that, um, that do involve that element of my life in what I'm looking out at in the subject, mm-hmm. you know, without it being about my disability. I'm not going to talk right. about things like what it, you know, for the most part, I don't talk about things like what they, you know, feel like or what people mm-hmm. might describe me as or, or anything with my condition. But I feel like it's more helpful to, um, let me tell whatever stories I'm curious about. Cause I've definitely seen different stuff, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and so uh, 
uh, my story doesn't have to be centered on that disabled life or that yeah. or the disability with a goal of curing it is never going right. to be my story either. Sure, right? yeah. yeah. That's yeah. totally like back to inspiration porn. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like <laughs> the inspiration porn <laughs> that we see on social media and Facebook. It, that's, like for so especially harmful. for people in wheelchairs and paralysis, yeah. it is like, oh, go fund me, like help help Brian walk again and like is or as soon as somebody, you know, posts that they're like taking a step or something like that is the miracle right where it's like no like you have no idea how much it takes for this person to learn how to use a fork again exactly you know let alone like learn to walk but i mean like we need to like make it so that disability can be normalized enough that it's not like something that always has to be overcome as much as you know it can make things difficult but it's making things difficult because we live in a world that is solely catered to being able-bodied yeah even though like the part about this whole thing that makes me laugh pretty often too is like how many people do have a disability but it's one that they've acquired later and that they are still with that ableism glasses on so yeah. they don't identify and they yeah. they see themselves as still a normal person. They're in denial they're or in they're denial choosing and they, not to disclose. Absolutely. Like I feel yeah. like um, there are a lot of statistics that determine how much we prioritize and how much we spend and how much we support disabled folks, right? Oh my God, Maria, I have an idea. Are you ready? I hope so. We should start having disability coming out parties. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Carla, that's amazing. Let's just like... Mark that down. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you just recorded that. Isn't this great? Like, let's just like throw it out there because here's the thing. Mark that down. Every single human who acquires a disability later has some stage. I swear. I mean, I'm not everybody, but I have this feeling that everybody doubts their validity in some sense. Feeling like, oh, maybe somebody else's condition is worse or maybe, you know, end that. Because like once I finally found our community... Mm -hmm. Finding that community of like, oh, yeah, why have I never even thought about writing about this yet? Like Mm -hmm. these kinds of things when you realize that you're going to have things in common. It's almost like, you know, finding your favorite bar or finding your favorite like library or your favorite bookstore or whatever it is. Right. And the question should be what your need was, not what your condition is. Mm-hmm. And let's try to get that discussion moving that way. Right. I, I feel right, like, yeah. cause that has been a surprisingly big difference. Um, yeah. Just for me, particularly with a condition like epilepsy, when it's one that, you know, not people know a lot about, yeah. but they've seen a couple of examples. And so they have yeah. in their mind that it's like this horrible shaking, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. act oh, every yeah. time the mouth. Yeah, when yeah. it's not always that way. You know, like the word and the term and the association of disability just needs to be wiped. And we just have to be like, okay, what are, how do you do things? What are your different, or like not even differences, but like, what do you, how do you do things? You know? Yeah. Just everybody does things differently. What are your needs? Like, I love the point that you bring up in saying like, just to disclose your needs 
rather than the label, rather than what your disability is. Like, just, you know, disclose, well, this is, you know, you're not saying you have a learning disability. You're not saying you have ADHD. You're not saying, you know, what it is. Yeah. But you're just like, oh, I need this, this, and this to totally. be accommodated. And, you know, the Thanks. other place where I Bye. feel like that's helpful <laughs> is, you. like, yeah. people can have those reasons for totally different needs, right? Like, yeah. I might, um, ha- like, in some ways... Some of my um, seizures are a little more triggered if my blood sugar goes low, for example. I feel like these kinds of things are like, oh, God. I mean, I've had to experiment with it a million times, right, before I started to notice this. And and that's what's so lovely, though, about having more conversation with disability community folks. Mm-hmm. So instead yeah. of us focusing on arguing on those things, let's just let everybody identify however the heck it is they feel and let's talk about goals and results oriented barriers and, not, and stuff like that. And not like just that. how they identify, yeah. but like actually what they're doing and what they want in their Let's talk in, in their solution. Life and like progress and goals and like celebration and like Absolutely. all of that. Um, do you happen to have a, a piece that you would want to do or something like that that we can kind of end on yeah that would be just lovely like a poem or something yeah like a poem or a great idea what the heck should i do here let me just bring up a poem so um i've been working on uh a lot of different poetry with um trying to like explore more about what I feel with my health condition. Cause I, I hadn't realized for a lot of years that I hadn't tried to put things into words and, and ever really explain to folks, you know, what certain things um, seem like when I'm, when I'm experiencing them. So this is yeah. called my seizure poem. Oh, perfect. Waiting at a stop, calling out inaudible breaths, that choke a muffled catastrophe listening for that ring 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 around the sink it dries concentrate as i awaken a miss after seizing crisp cornered lips retch the way sleepy eyes crumble but it's harder to brush that static speckle from chewed cheeks or a bruised tongue, the clench that whips saliva as soft as beaten egg whites to crystallize like after eyes. Cluttered lace shatters softly when a thread is pulled, snag to intercept awareness. Delicate as strands of newsprint ash afloat after flaring, The synapses of my strain grow unfelt, unheard. As are my words and my motions that gust like violent wind. I only see my illness reflected in the eyes of each observer after the body's thrashing. When unsanctioned pain hasn't yet set in. (laughs) That's my uh, weird... I've been having fun with this kind of stuff, right? Like trying no, to like do, do there. I I had to, uh, but it was good. It was a it was a strong start. That was awesome. 
that was Thank awesome. You. Yes, it's okay. nice and weird, as you can tell. Fits Beautiful. well with this ADHD persona. Yes. Yep, 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 yep. Just want to like dive into things and create something. <laughs> and more. Wow. Hmm. That was, that was, yep, just what I thought. Just what I thought. <laughs> just just so how good. it's meant so to good. be right there. <laughs> awesome, 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 awesome. That's right, guys. If you haven't already, please, please, come please comment yeah. if you haven't. Do. Let us know what you thought, what you what you thought about that episode, or you know last week's episode, any of the episodes. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Mixed Crips. That's the Mixed Crips, just like our Gmail account, the Mixed Crips at gmail.com. In case you forgot as well. Keep Keep moving forward. forward. One neuron neuron at at a time. time.